And Father, I thank you for my wife that uh, searches out your word, that uh, she prepares and uh, takes many hours preparing to teach your word to all of us. And um, just, uh, we want to have our ears open and um, listen to what she has to say and then take it to you, Father, and hear what you got to say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Okay, felt like I pressed a button. Ever since I've started using my computer for notes, um, I've never lost them between the seat and the, uh, <laughs> you know, that little crevice between the seat. I've never lost them since I've done that. This is too big to fit between there. So um, I'm going to pray again. Lord Jesus, we just, um, we thank you for this place. We thank you that we get to come here together and worship you and um exalt you, to praise you, to invite your presence, to invite your leadership, your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I just pray you continue that right now, Lord. And you would, um, would you help connect what you're saying by the Spirit with, with what you're doing in our hearts, what, you're, what you've done in worship, um, what you want to teach through your word, and as we respond to your word, in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, this morning, I'm, I'm picking up where I left off, um, actually in the end of August in the begin- and in mid-September because we didn't continue. We, we um, um, talked about the persecuted church last time, which was great, and I was so grateful to have, to get to um, share that opportunity with Tim. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on, and if you... Um, and if some of this feel, I, I think it's going to be fine by itself, but if you, there is a little bit of a foundation for what I'm going to talk about that was laid in the end of August and in September. And I've been talking about abiding in the love of God. And so there is some helpful information there that can build a foundation for you, which Tom gratefully puts out there um, on the web in multiple different places. So we're going to kind of come back to this familiar verse if you want to join me in John 15, 9 through 12. We're all pretty familiar with it. John 15, 9 through 12. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Just before I elaborate on that, 
I realize I forgot to say thank you to David, who very graciously gave me his spot because he was supposed to be teaching today. So thank you, David. I'm sorry that I left that out. That was very significant that he did that. So thank you. And thank you all for your patience for not being here the previous week. As, um, I really thought the night before I was going to be fine <laughs> until I got up in that morning. So anyways. So in this verse that we're going back over about abiding in the Father's love, um, let's go back and read verse 9 again. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. So what does that really mean? God loves us with the same intensity that he loves God. So we've talked about that before in those previous times. You know, within the Godhead, there's like this intense, perfect love between God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that is actually the same kind of love relationship that we're invited to. God the Father loves us with the same intensity that God loves the Son. The Son, Jesus, loves us with the same intensity that he loves the Holy Spirit. And honestly, that's just inconceivable for me. <laughs> it's really, I, I mean, it can only, we probably can't even in this lifetime fully comprehend that, but we can keep coming into that reality. And I think what's really wonderful about worship is it just inviting us to keep sinking in deeper and deeper and deeper to that reality. Just let that keep going into our hearts and our minds because it is this love that we have to stay connected to abiding in that's going to sustain us to keep moving forward with him and to be his witnesses on the earth. So the part of this that I really want to connect to today um, as a continuation from last time is this love that we experience from the Father, going, how, how it's going to really position us <clears throat> to do verse 12 and let's go read and read that one again. This is my commandment that you love one another. So he said in verse 9, abide in my love. And then he jumps down to verse 12 and says, connected to that reality, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. I set the model forth. I love you with the same intensity that I love the Father and I want, you to, I want you to tap into that and use that as your, your power source to, to love one another. And it's not an optional thing, right, when it's commandment. It's like, try to the best you can. <laughs> hey, this is my commandment, he says. This is what I want you to do. And if we look a little bit earlier um, down or earlier at the page, um, John 15, 4, abide in me and I in you. So he's reminding them again, this is how it happens. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So one of the fruits that we produce is love for one another. And I did talk about that last time, and I'm just going to go a little deeper into that and connect that to us as a church. If I don't abide in the love of God, I actually cannot love my brothers and my sisters. I can't love my family. I can't love my community. Um, can't love my enemies, for sure, right? Um, so he doesn't just command it. He's actually empowering us to do it. I mean, it would be really, like, when we think about the law, you know, the law was just, like, highlighted 
you know, the standard that they couldn't maintain anyways. They couldn't do it in their own strength, and that's the reason why they needed the Holy Spirit. So it is, it is a command that he's giving his disciples before he leaves, and he's going to give them the Holy Spirit that's actually going to empower them to do it. That's what they're going to be connected and abiding into. So our love for God, as a reminder, is actually sourced in God. And we can say, whew, what a relief. Uh, otherwise, it wouldn't be happening, right? Romans 5, 5 puts it this way, and this is the NLT. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loved us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So he's like, he loved us so much He's going to empower us to do the command. He's going to fill us with his Holy Spirit. He's going to fill us with the love that we need. It's the same reality as loving my neighbor as myself. I can't do it without loving God first. I got to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, strength. And then I'm going to be able to love my neighbor as myself because the love to love my neighbor is sourced in my love for God. can't do it without, can't do one without the other. So I'm, I'm really in this process. I'm letting his love change and transform me. As I, as I was thinking about this, it was reminding me of John Thurlow's song where he says, um, the love that you have for Jesus, put it inside of me, burn it on my heart like a seal, like a seal. You know, it is an interesting, we're talking about, you know, the love for Israel and, you know, that whole Ezekiel 9 about a seal. You know, his love is imprinted on us. It's like, right, his seal, the Jesus seal. Here you are, love, love of the Father, love within the Godhead. Now it's, now it's on you. And now this love that you have is, is coming out of you towards your brothers and towards your sisters loving one another, which absolutely certainly includes Israel, right? We're loving them. Part of that loving is mourning and sighing over abominations that would be done in Israel, right? Or done now. So we're letting his love over time imprint us with his nature so that the love of the Father, that the love that the Father has for Jesus is inside of us. And the love that Jesus has for the Father is what he has for me. So, again, just another way saying, I mean, it's the source of love that I'm able to express to my neighbors. And here's what the father is doing as he was talking to his disciples. And as he is not, was not just talking to them, but he's talking to us now, that he is, this is a reminder to us that we know, but he's commissioning us to express his love to who? His people people that he loves like we say one another but here's an interesting thing the one another that he's talking about are the people that he loves he wants us to love the people that he loves that's another way of saying it because it's interesting because like okay i'm so used to saying you know love one another but he's saying love the people that i love it kind of puts a little bit of a twist on it doesn't it you know what i mean it's like it's a different from the one another category to the um these are he's like love my other kids you're my kid, and I actually want you to love my other kids. I, I thought this was um, interesting as I was, sometimes what happens now after, anybody seen The Chosen? 
the Chosen series, it's so good. You know, what it does is it, it just, um, you know, sometimes these scenes will flash in my mind as, as I'm going through the word and I'm, I'm picturing like that scene. I don't know. It's one of these episodes probably in the, in the first or the second season, but they're like, they're all bickering. He's out there healing people, you know, and they're all in a, they're all in the camp and they're all like, you know, and, I mean, there was multiple scenes where it was so real, you know, so, so practical, so tangible tangible and like he's he's like I've been living with you guys for the last three years and let me tell you something you're not going to be able to do this you haven't been able to do it on your own strength you're not going to be able to do it I, I want you to I'm commanding you to and this is how you're going to do it you're going to have to abide in my love you're not going to be able to do it apart from me so he is the source of the love that we're able to express to our neighbors and he is commissioning us to express that love to the people that, say it with me, he loves, to the people that he loves. So 1 John 4, 16, we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. Bears repeating. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. So encouraging, isn't it? Um, this, his, his very being is wholehearted love. And all of the aspects of his character, when I think about all the things he does, all the expressions of his power, that he does, you know, all his majesty, his glory, and all of everything in the Bible where you see his power and is expressed in different ways. You know, we see them, often we think of these big, um, you know, Ten Commandment movie expressions of, of God's power. Um, but they're all, every expression of his power is motivated by his love for us. And he created us for this love relationship with him. He's even now orchestrating the history of events to restore this broken relationship that got broken at the Garden of Eden. Um, and it's, it's good to remember that, like, we are, we're made in his image, like, and so we're expressions of his burning love. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a mini version of my father. You're a mini version of the father. So we are meant to be expressions of him. He fashioned the human heart. You know, it's really neat. Is like he fashioned the human heart with a deep sense of wanting to belong. So he actually created us with a deep desire to be loved and to express love. Isn't that great? So it's like it isn't. Sometimes we might feel like I just don't know. I'm really struggling. I'm struggling right now to love. You know, but he's actually created us with a deep desire to to receive his love, but not just to receive it, but to actually express it, to actually give it. And so when we're not in this place where we're actually deeply experiencing his transforming love and then letting that love that he planted in us that we're meant to be carriers of, then to overflow out of us, to express it to other people, we're not really completely fulfilled. There's something missing inside of us 
because we were meant not just to be, you know, here, just receive, but, but to actually give. Ephesians 4.16, reading from the NLT, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Romans 4.19, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one another, by the, the things by which one may edify another. It gets tricky when you go from NLT to New King James. <laughs> um, but we're, we're to edify one another um, in many ways, um, acts of service, um, expressions of God's heart. We talk about this a lot, prophecy, prophesying what somebody, what, what God is saying about a person to us. Um, you know, the definition of edify is construct, build, establish. So basically these are things that God gives me that he put in your mind, in your heart, and I get it from God when I receive it from you. So there's something that God wants to give to someone else through us. He puts it on our heart to give it to them, but there's also things that he wants to give that he wants us to be the receiver of, um, which is amazing. And, you know, and I think we think about this a lot, like, because we talk about prophesying, okay, what, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying about this person? What are you saying about that person? What are you saying about our church? What are you saying about our community? What are you saying about Israel? What are you doing right now at this time? What do you want to do in my family? You know, all just keeping that conversation going with the Lord, which is so good. So, um, and, and it's coming from him. He's putting it in our mind and our heart. But there's another aspect of God's heart that I only get when I give it to you. So do you know what I mean? The, the, oftentimes we think about the person that's receiving that information because it's like, okay. Um, and, and I, and I want to highlight this aspect because I think sometimes there's this, the feeling like, okay, well, what if I'm not right in this thing? Or I'm, not, I'm just not 100% sure. It feels, it feels a little cloudy to me right now. But, but the other really cool part about it is that there's a part of God's heart, like I said, that I only get when I give it to you. It's, you know, if, if it's just me and the Lord, I don't receive God's heart from you. But there are many things that I don't get from the Lord if I don't give them. Does that make sense? There's several things that I'm not going to get if I don't give them. He's asking, like, if you guys have, it, it's in the giving that my heart expands and that your heart expands. So we all experience this. We're like, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not sure. But then there is this faint feeling of, okay, I'm going to, I'm just going to do it, you know. And you do the thing, and then the person is, you know, obviously glad to receive it, but there's something that really dynamic that's going on in your own heart because you did the thing. And, um, you know, maybe isn't a prophecy necessarily, but it, it is some expression of God's heart that he gave you to give to somebody else. It can look different. And I think sometimes because we put a really good emphasis on prophecy here, and we want to because that's often not emphasized enough in Christianity in general, but we also want to just be reminded that there's things that he's saying that he wants us to do or say, um, different expressions of himself that might feel 
you know, unconventional, but it's, if, if God is in, uh, placing it on your heart, um, that, that's what he wants to do. It's in the giving that you allow yourself to be that conduit, that I'll allow myself to be a conduit, that my heart is really going to expand. And not only is my heart going to expand, your heart's going to expand, but you're going to feel like this fulfilled part of you where, where that, um, you know, you, you were meant, God made you with that, that desire in your heart to, to do something that is going to make an impact on his kingdom. And I'm, I'm going to touch on that. But, but the thing is, is that the enemy is warring against it. Um, he doesn't want you or I to walk in our fullness. Of all of the things that he made us for, the enemy doesn't want God to be glorified. I mean, there's so many different things he could occupy our time doing, something that maybe we could be good at or something that we would enjoy or something that is interesting or seems like it's um, worthwhile. But the, there's, there's a certain um, special category of things that God wants us to do that he made us for, and the enemy is warring against that particular thing. You know, we, we, we can all feel like, okay, am I the division of my time and what am I doing and am I, am, am I allocating it in the correct way or am I, am I being productive? That was the word I was looking for, productive, right? Um, but the, God says, I'm, I'm not measuring things in productivity. I'm measuring things in um, faithfulness, in what it is that you're doing that I've asked you to do. And that, by the way, is between you and your father, it's under everyone, under each master, each the servant stands before their master. They stand or fall before their master. So the thing is, is it's really important to hear what the Lord is saying to you about that, and not let somebody else come out around and subjectively evaluate what is and what is not productive kingdom work. Um, it, it, I mean, there are certain things that are like being here in the prayer room for sure. This is really important that what we're doing here, and we talk about this all the time. But there may be something that God has assigned to you um, that that falls in maybe a little bit of a different category, and that's that's between you and God. And God knows um, He knows how to lead you in that. So. But the, like I said, the enemy is really warring against that. He doesn't want other members of the body to be edified by the unique role that he made you for. He doesn't want you to be edified um, by you doing it. You know, just like, oh, I did what God asked me to do, right? Um, he doesn't want you to be edified by fulfilling what God made you to do. I mean, imagine that. I mean, that's pretty satisfying, doing exactly what God made you to do. He'd rather keep you frustrated, um, feeling limited by various forces from beauty of being sons and daughters. And so um, we, we actually want to let the... We, and uh, I'm going to share a verse related to this, but he actually wants to let the brightness of his countenance shine through us. Ephesians 2 10 and LT, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. What a great reminder. I mean, I, like, I, I don't think there's anything I've said so far that you guys don't already know. <laughs> but don't we need to be reminded of it? Like we just come back and say, hey, I, I am God's masterpiece. He has created me because there's things that he is planned for me to do long ago. All the days ordained for me were written in his book before one of them came to be. He had a plan. 
I think about that coming from Psalms 139, like Dean, right? There's something special that Dean did that God made him specifically to do. And some people, you know, like some people were maybe even the enemy could come and say, what did, you know, what are you doing? And, And Dean was just doing what God led him to do, what God gifted him to do. I mean, Dean did a great job at what I'm talking about here, which is like, you know, for those that maybe on the live stream are like, who's Dean? But, you know, our beloved um, brother out of our body that went home to be with the Lord last week. He did an incredible job at loving the person that was in front of him. The whole, um, you know, this is my commandment, love one another. There's a man that did it really well. I'm sure he didn't do it perfectly, but boy, that can really inspire us, doesn't it? These are the things that really last. You know, it's like, I'm, you, you know, I, maybe Dean, Dean didn't like oversee some major ministry, or at least if he did, I didn't know about it, but you know, but he, I mean, he served in countless ways. He prayed behind the scenes um, for thousands of hours, I'm sure, with his wife, Bev, and he loved people well. And, you know, his heart for, his connection with the Father enabled him to shine brightly as an overflow of that relationship over to the loving one another part. So great. One of the ways we often, and I mentioned this, that we often discuss um, giving to others and receiving at the same time is definitely prophesying over one another. Um, Just some other expressions uh, you know, it, it could be like uh, making a phone call. <laughs> it could be writing a note, um, sending a text message. It could mean actually some, like, an act of service. I, um, my husband is really good at this. You know, people feel the love of God in the body and out of the body when somebody does that. He, it's, it's interesting, this, um, this last week he said, um, he's so observant, of course, I mean, I've been in most of the week myself, but he's like, I notice a neighbor... Um, her car was gone on Monday, but she's been, her car's been in the driveway all week long, and he knows she's a teacher. And so he's like, can you reach out to her? Because I'm just wondering if she's okay. Um, you know, so I reached out to her, and of course, we got a lot of good chicken noodle soup on, on hand right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was in the, we made a head for the freezer. But, you know, we were able to check in on her, and she's a, she's a single lady, and then send her some soup. But it's just, it, that's an act, act of service that really shows a tremendous amount of love, too. So there's so many different ways that this can look. And I, this, this body does a great job at this. You know, so, like, to, to just, um, I just want to come here and just say, you know, great job, you know, as somebody that's in this, in this body and has been the recipient of much love and all of these different forms of expressions and more that I'm not even saying here, the thing is, is that um, this is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful fragrance. Jen ta- was singing about that, you know, earlier. It's like, how could, I, how could I repay you except for be a fragrance? How can I repay? How could we ever repay the Lord for all that he's done for us, what he's forgiven us, the life he's given to us? Well, He's saying, I'll tell you how. (laughs) Tell you what. Love one another. Abide in my love. And and I'm going to help you do it. And then you're going to be a fragrance all around you, everywhere you go. To the people that don't know me yet, to the people that are dying, and the people that are being saved, those that do know me. 
And so it pleases the Lord. And I think sometimes what happens is we get focused in on the area of failure because we're, we're a good body that is like stretching one another, stirring one another up to love and good works. Yes, we should continue to do this. This is so important. But we also want to exhort one another, encourage one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which we do. I just want to say, when you've listened to the Lord and you've done that seemingly insignificant thing that the Lord has asked you to do, good job. Good job. Keep it up. Keep doing more. Because it pleases his heart, and you're, you're shedding your fragrance all around. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. Like I said, we do a great job at this, and I, I've been the receiver of a lot of this. See, there's an expression of your giftedness that God made you for that is for this body, and it's also for the broader body. Not everything is, God may give you some things that are actually not meant right here for Light Hot People. You know, we have a group of a lot of mature believers here. But maybe there's something that is somebody else that is maybe not an unsaved person, but maybe they are a saved person that is just barely hanging on, that they don't have a support or, or a system around them that is encouraging them to grow spiritually in the Lord. Maybe they are, they've, they've got some other circumstance going on. Maybe they go and they're in a body, but there is, there's, a, um, you know, there's just a, a, a missing spot. I'm missing something that you can be that joint of supply for to them. We just want to be sensitive to what the Spirit is saying in this area because we are his agents. We've been commissioned. That's exciting. You've all been commissioned into the Lord's army. You didn't realize you'd been... Yeah, you don't have, main, you don't have to be military service to be commissioned. So, um, so there are unique expressions of your giftedness that God gave you that are for his body. But the enemy has, for some people, maybe the enemy has squelched that. Like maybe some of you are like, yes, I'm right in the center of everything that God made me for. And some of you might be like, I don't know, I'm hesitant or I'm uncertain or, or maybe the enemy has even squelched or crushed it. And so to use music a music metaphor, which works perfectly like you're part of this grand orchestra, and it's not going to sound um, as beautiful, or it won't be in its fullest expression um, without you. And so don't get stuck in your own ideas about what this is supposed to look like. Resist the temptation um, to compare yourself to the flutist that's in first chair. <laughs> Let's just say, you know, is that a bad example? <laughs> I'm not, I, it seems, isn't that right? Isn't first chair a thing? I think it is, yeah. So resist the temptation to compare yourself. You know, you, there is somewhere in this orchestra that God wants you to be that's perfect for you. So don't assume that because you've been, that's kind of another analogy within that whole thing. I might be pushing this metaphor too far, metaphor too far, but don't assume that because you've been the trombone that this is where you're always supposed to play. <laughs> okay. Uh, there might be something different. Um, you know, and I'll tell you when the Lord brought me that little thought, I was thinking teenagers. Like in our body, teenagers have um, served sacrificially um, for years um, in this area of worship and, and music. I mean, and it's a big commitment. I mean, I've praised Landon uh, so many times because I think about the fact that, and this goes for every, this goes for every one of, every one of them, that, to, you know, to 
be on a worship team, you got to be here an hour early in practice. Then you then then the worship is an hour, and then we do response time. Sometimes they do that, so that's anywhere between two to two and a half hours. Um, I mean, that is that's a big commitment. It's a big service. It's a big blessing to the rest of this body. It's huge. Um, and I'm sure that they're being edified in that process as well. But there could be something else that they've made, that God has made you for, teenagers. There could be something that God is, he's put you here in this place to be in this environment to like, um, you know, take in um, the, the way that we do things because he is forming and shaping you into um, the vessel of, that he's going to use for his glory and I'm not, it doesn't mean that it could be something that he's always continuing to shape us. I mean, there's something that he's um, going to do that's going to be an expression maybe later, but some of it might be more immediate. I mean, all of it is, we're, we're on that potter wheel, and he's just continuing to, you know, picture it, right? It's moving around, and you're the clay, and he's got his hands around you, and he's doing what he needs to do. And so sometimes the circumstances don't make sense to me, but when when we look at his word of in Romans 8, 28, I'm working all things together for the good of those who love me who are called according to his purpose. Um, he means that. It's like there might have been a little dent in there temporarily, but he knows how to smooth that thing out. He knows what he's doing. And perhaps he is working on something in your heart that is an expression of the unique giftedness that he gave you that you will bless other people by walking in it, and he will bless you by doing it. It doesn't have to be teenagers. It can be the other end of the spectrum for those of us that are on the older side. It doesn't matter. It's just, just want to, I just want to encourage you that um, there's something really special in you that um, the Lord wants to release. I just thought of that. I'm going to take a chance here that I got this right, but I think there's some quote by Henry Thoreau that says, most people live lives of quiet desperation. Um, so the thing is, is that we're not those people, fortunately. We're people that every day can receive this invitation of the Lord to step into the fullness of all that he has. But at the same time, we have to realize that the enemy is waiting there to plummet us. And so some of the challenges that we're being faced with, we have to think about, you know, is this part of his strategy to try to muzzle me? from walking out the fullness of what he made me for. Let me just pray into that for a second. Lord, I just pray that you would reveal to each one here what you made them for. In Jesus' name. Mike Bickle wrote a book called The Seven, Long Seven Longings of the Human Heart. And um, as the book suggests, one of them won't surprise you <laughs> intuitively, um, is that people desire to make an impact. Everybody desires to make an impact. Um, so knowing that we have a limited time in life, we all long to make a difference that will last. This just points to the truth that we are made for eternity. You think about that? Like we want to make, we want to make uh, our lives count. But that isn't a desire that is limited to only be satisfied in the whatever list we'll say 70 years or 80 or 85 Right, Tim, <laughs> whatever. Um, but the point is that it's actually an internal desire that is meant to be carried into the kingdom into eternity. This is just a blip, the part that we're living right now. So our impact is meant for beyond this life. And we were created for um, 
being used as his, as his instruments. We were, um, we were created to do things that are relevant and significant. And God designed us um, to, to impact the lives of other people. Um, and it isn't just like, it isn't like, yeah, I'd like to make a difference, but it's actually kind of a desperate desire to make a difference. You know, and I think about even many of the things that distract us. There's like this longing in the heart that is only going to be satisfied by walking in the fullness of what God made us for. But it, it's, it, and most people don't even know that it's there. It's this yearning that's going on. And so there's all of these other distractions that are going on that are pulling at that yearning. That's, and it looks like something different for each of us. I mean, if I could say, what's your distraction? Fill in the blank. Or maybe more accurately, I should say, what are your distractions? Plural. Fill in the blanks. Right? But all of these are meant to just be pulling us away from this um, significant thing that God actually made for us, which is the desire to impact people, to make a contribution, something that's significant to God. Um, it's something that he would esteem forever, being sure that we're impacting that people know now while we're at the same time achieving an eternal reward in heaven. So I think it's like, yeah, not only can I, not only what, what I'm doing now even matters to later, right? Think about that verse that says, you know, nobody that even gives a cup of water to someone in need, like, I'm not, I, I'm going to even notice that. That's significant to me, not only in the immediate, but into eternity. So a life of meaning involves living in a way that contributes to the enrichment of other people in this life and in the age to come. So we're looking for him to be glorified now in our lives. It's like Jesus stamp. The Jesus aroma. It's funny, I saw one of these infomercials recently. Have you ever seen these things like they're like a, they're an incense burner, and it's like this little waterfall thingy, and so the, the incense, the, the, the smoke that comes from the incense kind of goes, trickles down this little ceramic thing, and it looks like a little waterfall. Am I the only one that's ever seen this infomercial? <laughs> okay. Anyways, I just think about like, Put that little cone, imagine that cone on your head, you know, that Jesus cone, like, I'm connected to the vine. And then it's like, oh, there's this beautiful incense around with that's going out, like this beautiful design that David and Stephanie mastered for us on these walls. Sometimes we're in worship, I just look at that, and I'm like, oh, that is amazing. And that's what we are made for. Acts 4.13 the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. That's the part I underlined. Recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What we want, what I want is uh, for the, those around us, they recognized that they knew Jesus. Because he's not living now, but that he's on the inside. So working together with Jesus, we want to awaken others um, in this heart of love. It's, it does something significant for us. John, or 3 John, verse 4, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. We want to be the fragrance of him. So Um, let's get that example. 
Luke 19, verse 17, NLT. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted you, so you will be governor of ten cities as your reward. Um, I love this reminder of, okay, this is the commissioning that he's giving us now is the preparation for um, the responsibility that he would entrust in the future. The thing is, is that, and even when I go back to the parable of the talents, there's something he's entrusted you with. And um, by this, sometimes our Western culture kind of gets our head messed up a little bit because we, we, st- we do this calculation of what's significant and what's not significant. And um, I just want to keep reminding myself and reminding us to keep coming back to this thing. It isn't what the measurement of the world is like, oh, I think that seems really like, look at that person or look at that thing, and that seems significant. No, that's not the, the grading scale that, that he works on. It's a matter of what he gave you a certain something, whatever that instrument is that he gave to you, and maybe he gave you a couple of them. That's the thing that he's wanting you to be a steward of in faithfulness and whatever he's told you to do. So, yeah, try not to put yourself in the flutist first chair if that's not really actually the thing that God wanted you to be a steward of. Um, in other words, don't fall into the trap of comparison and don't let someone else define for you what your work is. You want to hear from the Lord directly. That's, that's another way the enemy can kind of squelch things is somebody else is saying, well, you shouldn't do that or you should do that. Like, we should listen to God <laughs> and really let him be the one. It doesn't mean God can't speak through people because he can for sure, but the main thing is we want to just be letting him lead us obedience. It's, it's what has the Father asked me to do. And the overflow of God's love ex- is being expressed in different ways. So we're just, we're looking to be sensitive to the Spirit. Like I said earlier, what is that expression that he's given you to love the rest of the body in some unique way? Um, I have felt the overflow of God's love by everyone here. Thank you. Thank you for doing a good job in the body. Um, and it's, it's so unique because it's like all the different parts, you know. It's, it, I know we know this verse so well, but it's really good to just let the Lord continue to unlock that in our hearts because, again, our tendency in Western culture and Western church culture is to put a measurement on what something, some this part of the body might be more valuable than that part of the body. But we really want to love and value all of, all of us. Um, and I think we do that so good here, by the way. Um, and let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. Luke 19, I think I forgot to put the verse there, sorry. Luke 19, 17, well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will be governor of 10 cities as a reward. I think it's a good place to end. Um, so the worship team wants to come up. Lord Jesus, we, we want to be faithful. Like this verse is such um, a great challenge for each of us. 
we're all fallen down, Lord Jesus, but we know that you actually don't want to, um, you, you're inviting us to come up. You're like that vine dresser that is lifting that vine up um, so that it can produce more fruit. That's the kind of father that you are. And um, we want to be good servants, Lord Jesus. This is our heart's desire. So, Lord, I'm just praying, would you speak to us this morning? And anything that the enemy is doing that might war against us from disconnecting us from abiding in you, staying connected because you're the source, Lord, would you reveal it? Would you, we want to get reconnected, Lord. Anywhere where we've disconnected ourselves, we're sorry, Lord Jesus. Would you reconnect us to your love, to your vine? Would you let your nourishing sap of your love just keep flowing through us? Lord Jesus, would you um, give us the grace to, to be an expression of the exact way that you want us to love other members of the body? Heavenly Father, would you help us to um, give us vision for maybe a new direction that you want to take us to into or an expression of your love that maybe you've put on our heart but we haven't really been walking in or we've been, um, maybe the enemy has been attacking us. Lord, we just want to, we want to sign up again. We want to sign up again to let your love flow through us, to be an overflow of your love to the world around us. In every way you want to accomplish that through us, we want to be the fragrance of Christ. Would you set your seal, the seal of your love on our hearts and let it overflow. In Jesus' name, amen. Holy Spirit, come. Show us how to love. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Spirit of love. So I did play the flute in high school, and I was never first year. Um, but I remember when I first started um, being, like, kind of jealous, just thinking it was really cool. Um, like, I was, I desired to have what the first chair could do. The part was more interesting, and um, and I think I had a moment in a band class one day where I, for some reason, played, like, somebody was sick, and I played that part, and I messed it up so bad. Uh, it was really embarrassing. Um, and then I think, like, as the years moved on, though, my really good friend Misty was the first chair, and, and um, there was just, um, I loved her so much, and she, um, like, there was no jealousy. I was just so proud of her. And, like, like I just, it makes me think of Jesus, like, kind of living vicariously through the powerful, really good one. Um, and then I just kind of delighted in being, whatever, I was probably, like, fourth chair. I was not, I was not good. But, um, so, Lord, I'm just asking that we, um, you would just remove jealousy um, and covetousness about um, those kind of what we perceive as being the the more interesting or the better or the thing like we would want to reach for and um, that we would cheerlead on those who are in that position, God, and we would know like we're all in this together, Lord, and that you've gifted us differently um, and we have different talents and um, Lord, I'm just sorry uh, for the ways that um, my jealousy causes discord in 
um, in the music. Help us discern, discern your body, and help us to be the part that you made. Well, you wouldn't change anything about the way that you made each one. Help us to be people of the Spirit. We drink one spirit and become one body. You help us to love prophetically, Lord. Help us to be connected to the head, abiding in you, Lord. You're only doing what you show us to do. Help us to love by the spirit of love, Lord. Lord, would you uh, just open our eyes to how you um, how you pour out on a whole company of people, how you cause your spirit to move through one to another, um, and how you how you do the same thing with favor, how you just sort of slosh it around. Lord, how um, when one is blessed, all are blessed. Lord, I. Would you just wash us clean of the uh, individualistic just programming of our childhood, of our um, this nation we were born into, that we could just feel your economy of your house and how you um, you spread generously. I just, I, I got an image earlier of uh, a champagne fountain, or, or not fountain, uh, when they stack all of the champagne flutes and then pour out. Yeah. I want to overflow, but I want to receive something from you that's an overflow. Into the body, and there's no good idea that doesn't come from you. And all my good ideas break everything. I want to overflow. Let the love come down from heaven. So help me find my own flame. Help me find my own fire Not for my own fame But to edify your desire Help me find my own flame Help me find my own fire I want the real thing Burning desire 
And I want to go out from Jerusalem, Judea to Samaria, yeah, preaching your word, carrying your truth, shining your love. But I want to waver till I have something from you. The promise of the Father for, for as we have many members in one body But all the members do not have the same function So we being many Are one body in Christ And individually members of one another Having then gifts differing According to the grace that is given to us Let us use them If prophecy let us prophesy In proportion to our faith or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liber liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Lord, uh, we just thank you that um, how you've poured out all of these gifts in this body. Um, and I just feel like this connected back to something that happened in worship last week, um, starting to talk about um, just thanking the Lord for what he's given the body. Um, God, thank you that you're like finishing the thought this week. And um, so we just, uh, we thank you, God. I just, um, um, like I, like specifically, I thank you uh, that you've enabled Tom and Sam to have a truck because it's helped people move things. Um, and I thank you that the um, Glens have needy neighbors um, that you sent to live next to them so that they could have people to serve. Um, yeah, Lord, I just thank you. Um, so if, if the Lord is bringing things to mind, like, come and thank him. We want to discern the body. We want to see the body. We want to see you and the people around us. So give us your eyes, Lord. Cause this doesn't come naturally Oh, I can't see the kingdom Unless I'm born again No, this doesn't come naturally Being able to see you And the people around me It's only by the Spirit I was just uh, reminded of Ben this morning And I just want to thank you, Lord, for just um, just this generosity and love poured out. Um, yeah. Uh, and just ask you a blessing on him, on his uh, team that just keeps serving here, um, mostly invisibly to us. Well, fill us with gratitude for all that you're doing. Ways the body's moving. Yeah, fill us with truth, Lord. When we think about these expressions, I was what came to my mind um, as John gave that invitation was um, um, was um, Alice it, because. Not uh, most people wouldn't know this because um, I just know it because I'm closer to her. But you can believe this about her is that the whole um, about the verse about entertaining strangers that came to my mind, and um, 
I've seen her do this on numerous times, numerous occasions. Not only you know those that in our in our community in different ways, but people that um, would have absolutely nothing to gain whatsoever. I mean, she would have nothing to gain, you know, by by doing that. But she has, um, in many loving ways, um, supported and and loved on strangers uh, as a beautiful fragrance of Christ. Open up our eyes That we would see angels That we wouldn't be surprised That when you bring need our way It's cause it needs Jesus Flesh dwells no good thing, but I, I just thank you for um, this body and what, how we bless one another. And you're just telling me angels in the outfield, <laughs> and so um, as you bless me with angels in the outfield, Lord, I just just pray that um, what I think you're saying, which is that um, there's going to be people coming out of the cornfields, and um, like in that movie, that baseball movie, you know. Uh, that you're drawing them in by your spirit um, to what you're doing on this field, Lord. And um, I just want to uh, agree and testify that um, I think I've had a, a spirit of jealousy that I didn't know, <laughs> like not knowing my role in like, or thinking that I didn't have the music, <laughs> not even worried about being the first chair, but like, do I even have the music? And um, I just want to, um, testify that this week the Lord um, poured out his fragrance here in this body, in this room. It's just like Abigail was sharing. Um, and it was so strong of cassia and myrrh on Monday that if I had had an electronic nose, which is a piece of equipment, I feel confident it would have been able to detect it. But he just gave me that. So just want to agree with your fragrance message. Do what only you can do. 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 There's no better time. There's no better time. There's no better time. Do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. So help me find my own flame. Um, so I'll just piggyback off of that. Um, when um, I've been considering going to Israel um, on Thursday, <laughs> um, I've been really considering my senses, um, what it would feel like to, to feel where Jesus was, um, what it would smell like, what it would sound like. Um, God's really been talking to me a lot about that. And um, I was in a, a conversation with a friend actually from Romania, and we were talking about something else entirely online. And um, she, had, she was asking me about the trip, and she said... Um, that she'd been when she was a young girl, she'd been to Israel, and she said, you can't believe 
the smells. And I mean, this is something I've been praying about is all these things. And I said to her, I'm like, I can't believe you just said that, 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 like I've been picturing how it would smell. And she as we're messaging back and forth, she's like, I thought it was so childish of me to even mention this to you. And we were talking about how God used that word. I mean, it's an example of your, your message, which is he used her saying something she felt was childish, really touched me. And the fact that it touched me touched her. And it was like the cycle that the Lord, um, did. So, um, Lord, I just thank you that you put um, people in our midst who, who we can never see or touch um, really any other way, but you send them um, to tell us something that we need to know. And um, God, I know that you see me and you see my desire. And so I thank you for, um, for that truth for all of us, that you see us and you see our desire. I'm just praying, God, that we would um, be witnesses of your desire for us. In Jesus' name. Oh, fill us up with light when we turn our eyes to you. Though eyes are the window of the soul. We fill up with light so we can shine as a witness of love. Oh, fill us up with light. Open our eyes and give us confidence that the thing that you show us to do is really from you. Those with the spirit, the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. Um, Lord, I'm asking uh, the times when you give us uh, services to perform or just uh, acts of love that don't... um, you know, light up our whole life or make us feel like the most fulfilled or make us feel like we're just right in our wheelhouse of what we're good at, Lord, um, that we would, we would just mature beyond that, um, that, uh, that we could really see your face, God. And, um, if it, if it touched your heart, then it fulfills us. And, um, so I'm just asking for myself, for my friends that we would mature, um, from wanting to do the thing that we feel the most competent and the best at, all the time and just wanting to do um, what you're asking and what touches your heart. Let me be found with a heart after you. And may your eyes find this heart Loyal to you Want to stand in your counsel Sit at your table Speak to you face to face As a friend Want to stand in your fire Wherever your eyes fall Would you find me faithful To your heart And let me be found With a heart after you 
May your eyes find this heart loyal to you. Let me be found with a heart after you. May your eyes find this heart loyal to you. May you be all that's on my mind all of the time. So I um I had a conversation this week with a a pastor here in town. Um, I had written something about hearing God, like that it's essential to hear God, and that doing stuff without hearing Him, things that seem good, that they actually contribute to lawlessness and division. And he was kind of uh, disturbed by this idea that. You had to hear God. And um, one of the things he said to me was, well, where, where's the line? Like, where do, where do we take a stand? And uh, I was walking with Samantha, and I was like, it's so frustrating to try and commu- communicate something that's only really heard by the Holy Spirit, that can't really be heard by the flesh. And she said, well, maybe just tell him that what you wrote was you taking a stand. So, because I've been saying that if you listen to the Holy Spirit, He won't let you just sit there. That He actually calls us to do stuff. It's not just like sitting in a room silent, doing nothing. So I just said that. I just said what Samantha told me to say, which was the reason that you're kind of upset right now is because I took a stand. Like the line is wherever the Holy Spirit draws it. I just feel like he wanted me to share that this morning, that it's hard to see it by the flesh. The flesh just kind of figures out nothing's going to happen if we just sit and ask God. And nothing will happen if we just sit and ask God. But if we listen to God, everything will happen. So let me be found. The heart after you. May your eyes find this heart loyal to you. And may you be all that's on my mind all of the time. And let my heart be torn in two. Your will is mine. Oh, may you be all that's on my mind all of the time. And let my heart be torn in two till your will is mine. Um, 
last night we got to talk to someone, uh, actually Caitlin's aunt, and um, she's telling us she was a, a ICU nurse through COVID, and um, she was telling us about all the people who died um, at her hospital, and um, she she's just telling a snippet of a story, and and the piece of it was that. As people died, they didn't have their family around at all. Their family couldn't be there. Um, and so they knew they were going to die, and they wanted someone to pray for them. There was no no priest, no pastor could come in. No one could come in. And they said, Lori can pray about the Caitlin's aunt. And so she would go in, and she would pray over every person before they died. Like, that that was part of her shift. <laughs> That's what she did. And I just thought, what a legacy for someone to say about you. Lori can pray. Um, and that's all of you guys. Like, that's all of your truth is if I came to you to say, I need prayer for this, I know you'd real pray. Uh, Sarah Gilbert and I used to talk about the difference between real pray and pray. <laughs> and I, I just thank God um, that I am in the midst of people that I could say they can pray. Um, so, Lord, I'm asking that you would continue to empower us to pray, that whatever else you've called us to do, that you have called us all, every one of us, together and individually, to pray. So I'm asking to be people of who it said they can pray. In Jesus' name. Dearly beloved of my soul, dearly beloved of my soul, dearly beloved. Of my soul, let me be found with a heart after you. And may arise from this heart loyal to you. God, let me be found with a heart after you. May your eyes find this heart loyal to you. So loyal to you. Loyal to you. Loyal to you. And create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. And cast me not away from your presence, oh, Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. 
and renew a right spirit within me create in me a clean heart oh god and renew a right spirit within me create in me a clean heart oh god and renew a right spirit within me and cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me, please. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and renew a right spirit within me.